You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It's time for the Dragon Con Report, a podcast dedicated to help newcomers and veterans prepare for the upcoming annual convention in downtown Atlanta. With interviews, advice, and news from the pros and fans alike, be careful, you never know, you might actually learn something. Howdy and welcome to the sixth episode of the 2019 Dragon Con Con Report. Yes, summer is almost here and that means that there's less than 70 days left until Dragon Con. Man, that usually just, yeah, I, I, I think we're all speechless here. It's. I, I like a few minutes ago when you said we only have two more podcasts before the convention, <laughs> I like, literally days, died. Right? I was I was choking up on the vomit. <laughs> like I just mouth, choked. But... Oh, <laughs> we are all here. I'm your host, Mike Gordon. I'm pleased to introduce you to the rest of our station crew, starting with, of course, director Mike Faber. Hey, hey, hey! I'm the guy who hits record. I can't believe how little time we have left. <laughs> <laughs> it's exciting, though. Uh, Darren Noel is with us. Hi, everybody. What's going Speaking on? Speaking of exciting, I am exciting. And Mary Lou Who is back with us. I am. I know back. <laughs> we are uh, very glad to have you back. And we've got a big, big full show. Uh, we're having a bunch of guests with us. We've got uh, Lee Willis of uh, Dr. Law's uh, Photo Lab and Mark Jameson of Zaptomatic Photography. Uh, they're going to sit down and talk to us all about uh, experience and, and tips and, and, and tricks of photography, of taking photos at Dragon Con. Uh, Dragon Con is extremely photogenic, and these guys are going to help you out uh, if you are planning to uh, take some snaps at uh, this big event. And um, we've also got, speaking of photo shoots, we've also got Channing Sherman of the Black Geeks of Dragon Con photo shoot. He is going to join us and talk about that a little bit. And we've got the Nerdless folks uh, from the ESO Network. Chris and Dan are here as well to tell us about their past experience at Dragon Con. And, and if that's not enough, we we're also debuting a new segment. Uh, Mike, you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Well, technically, we're going back to the future, kind of, sort of, because we're being joined with a brand new version of the newbie segment. That's right, folks. The newbies are back, and this time we are being joined by Mike Faulkner, Sue Kissingwell, and Kim, and we are all going to be taking questions from you at home. So if you have newbies questions, go to the newbies group up on Facebook, and they are accepting questions throughout the month, and they are gathering the most pertinent ones and the ones that, you know, are easy to answer on a podcast. So we like answer five or six questions and they, you know, it's basically how they do the newbies uh, tours and such. And, but they also have their panels on Thursdays and on Friday morning where they're sitting up at the front, answering all the questions from that you could ever think of about dragon con. And this is going to be basically the same thing and I'm helping them out. It's pretty awesome. And and for that part, if you if you've got uh, a question, uh, whether you're it's your first time or not, feel free to submit it to us because uh, uh, they can, they're glad to take a, tackle that if they can. And if they can't, uh, we'll take a crack at it. So. Well, that's the great thing, also, because sometimes the 
con changes so much year to year, there's new things always to find out. Absolutely. And the best way to leave us feedback or ask a question, comment, is to, you can call our feedback line at 404-963-9057. And then we can play the audio on on this podcast, or you can just send us an email at dragonconreport at esonetwork.com. And uh, we will uh, answer that accordingly. So, in fact, um, a couple of people that we've got on the show today, uh, two of which are, have never been on a podcast before, uh, message us through the Reddit DragonCon report at thesonetwork.com. So, it does work. The email address is working. We are, we are getting your emails. So, please feel free to use it. Um, uh, we are a proud member of the ESO Network. Uh, be sure to check out the Amazon link at the on the esonetwork.com site. Uh, it doesn't cost you any more to purchase your stuff, and it really does help us out a lot. Uh, we have a Tee Public store. Uh, there's a link for that on the esonetwork.com site, as well as we do have a patron page. Mike, anything exciting going on with the uh, patrons? Well, I think funny we just re- you would ask. I mean, we just redesigned it, right? We totally redesigned the patron, and we have all brand new levels. So, of course, you know, for as little as 25 cents a week, you can actually be, help support the ESO network, which Mike said the Dragon Con Report is a proud member of. But, you know, you could also, if you want to join at $5, there's a, also a $10 limit. And now, get this, folks, there is a $15 limit. And we have, for the $15 members, you can join us at Dragon Con. Of course, you have to pay for the badge, but you know you can join us at, on one of the ESO network panels that we do at the con, or you could also, pretty cool, on Saturday night, there is an ESO network uh, group dinner, and you could join us, and you could socialize with the hosts of the different podcasts who do, you know, you kick back, relax, and, you know, ask any kind of questions or such. It's actually pretty cool. And I will say this right here, right now, if you're a patron, if you are a patron of us and you join us uh, at Dragon Con, I will buy you a drink. Whoa. He doesn't even buy me a drink. Damn. What What if there are eight? <laughs> well, the drink could just be like Kool-Aid. Uh, it could be Kool-Aid. Yeah. Sure. You know, I might, you know, it might just be a Sprite, a can of Sprite. It's um, Dragon Con. It's not Kool-Aid. It's not Kool-Aid. <laughs> and also Good remember, point. remember, it's Mike Gordon who said that, not Mike Faber. Mike Gordon. <laughs> That's your problem for having the same first name. <laughs> People get us confused all the time. This is going to be great. It's going to be awesome. You can call me Maurice. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. Maurice. So. I'm so not doing that. <laughs> So, yes, that, that I do make the promise. So all you have to do is seek me out or come to the, uh, one of our ESO gatherings and uh, the drink, is, their first drink is on me. Everything else. <laughs> he almost said the whole drink. No, no, no. All right. I am not. Uh, I'm not. How getting... much have you had tonight <laughs> is, is the better question, I think. So. Yeah, it is. A, we'll keep that uh, as a mystery. Um, wow. But, but yeah, now... all you have to do go, is to go to patreon.com slash ESO network. Awesome. Please do. Please do. We appreciate your support a lot. Uh, so now we're going to get started with the news. And I think it's more, almost like last month, almost all the news, actually all the news is guest announcements. And they've just been coming out of the woodwork. So without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Mike and Mary. Okay, folks. Um, this one's a long one. Um, 
last month was kind of, you know, weak. And Dragon Con said, all right, here's my, hold my bucket of rum. Let's start with it. You know, and they gave us a ton of people. So, yeah. yeah so we basically are going to be talking for a few. So get your drinks ready. Anytime you want to take a shot, you know, either me, Mary, or even Mike Gordon, if he jumps in, messes Excuse up a word. Me. I'm going to be perfect. Okay. Okay. Listen. Okay. We're recording this, Mary. Remember that. <laughs> All right, let's get started on the list then. Mary, we start at the bottom of the list. All right, here we go. The PDX Broadsides. Nerd pop powerhouse trio, the PDX Broadsides, make nerdy music for nerdy people about their favorite things. Science, space, Shakespeare, and Nathan Fillion's bum. They play all over the U.S., and they're ready to share their new album with Dragon Con. And we just featured them on a past a recent episode of the Earth Station One podcast. Yes, they did. They were running they were, a Kickstarter. They were in the geek seat. And they're still there, so I'm going to be interested to see how they get to Dragon Con. <laughs> Former librarian Lisa Miller Schuner is the haunted librarian. Lisa investigates popular theories, hoaxes, and obscure and forgotten. She is a contributor to celebrity ghosts and notorious hauntings. Robin Lord Taylor has appeared in several acclaimed television series, such as The Walking Dead, Law and Order, The Good Wife, Person of Interest, and most recently John Wick 3, Parabellum, but is best known for being Penguin in the hit series Gotham. He's so awesome. <laughs> From their heartwarming, nostalgic melodies to their funky cabaret rock, steam-powered giraffe songs are memorable. Infectious and as unique as the robots themselves. The quirky act combines comedy sketches, improvised android banter, and original music fused with multimedia visuals, building steam effects, and robot pantomime. More than meets the eye, the Cybertronics Spree are here on Earth with one critical mission, to party like it's 1986. Join Hot Rod, RC, Rumble, Unicron, Soundwave, Bumblebee, Shockwave, and a quintessen as they've proved they've got the power to light your darkest hour. They look awesome because they they literally perform and sing songs dressed as Transformers. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. <laughs> Samantha Smith is best known as Mary Winchester in the wild popular Supernatural, which recently celebrated its 300th episode. Samantha has been a recurring character for multiple seasons. A star of both television and feature films, Mark Singer's popularity stems from such title roles as the Beastmaster in the three original films of that name and his portrayal of Mike Donovan in the three acclaimed sci-fi TV epics V, V the Final Battle, and V the Series. Mark Shepard is a British-American actor and musician. He's known for his recurring roles as the Demon King of Hell Crawley on Supernatural, lawyer Romeo Lampkin on Battlestar Galactica reboot, Interpol investigator Jam Sterling on Leverage, and small-time crime lord Badger on Joss Whedon's Firefly. And one of Mike Faber's close personal friends. Oh, he is. He was one of the best interviews we ever did for ESO. <laughs> really memorable. That's Oh, yeah. Talking Dead Ultimate fan Jill Roby is a writer, social media influencer, and star of Love and Cosplay. Roby is heavily passionate about The Walking Dead, cosplay, and entertainment. 
Sean Pertwee constantly captivates audiences with his compelling performances in a variety of roles that span film, television, and stage, including his portrayal of Alfred Pennyworth in the hit television series Gotham and as Sergeant Harry G. Wells in Dog Soldiers. Mark Pellegrino is an actor of film and television. He's best known for his work as Lucifer in Supernatural, Paul Bennett in Dexter, Jacob in Lost, and as Bishop in Being Human. He also recurred the role of Clayton Haas in the CBS thriller or ABC thriller Quantico. David Mazus first came to prominence in his role as the mute Jacob Jake Baum in the TV series Touch. But in 2014, he landed the role he is best known for as young Bruce Wayne in Fox's TV series Gotham. Actor and model Maggie Gaya is best known as Poison Ivy in Fox's Gotham. Gaya has worked with Mark Wahlberg in Ted 2 with Hugh Grant in the rewrite, and she will be next seen in the psychological thriller The Harrow. Frenchie and the Punk is an eclectic uh, genre-bending New York cabaret rock duo with French-born singer and a veteran punk rock guitarist. Sultry, powerful vocals, live-looped, Rachis guitar riffs named top 25 duo in America by Yahoo Music. A rollicking two-person powerhouse, fun with a capital F. Ruth Ruth Connell is a Scottish theater, television, and film actress and producer. She's also a former professional dancer and choreographer. Connell is best known for her recurring role as Rowena in the CW series Supernatural, one of the longest-running female characters on the show. Chad Elkoman became known by portraying Dennis Cuddy Wise on The Wire, voicing Coach in the video game Left for Dead 2, and portraying Tyrese Williams on The Walking Dead. He currently stars in sci-fi's The Expanse as Fred Johnson as the alien Clyden on The Orville. Osric Chow is best known for his role in Supernatural as high school student pulled into the role of prophet Kevin Tran, as Vogel from Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, and for his roles in 2012, Fun Size, Kung Fu Killer, and more. Jane Balder is an American-Australian actress best known for her role as the evil reptilian visitor leader Diana in the NBC miniseries V, its sequel V, The Final Battle, the subsequent TV series V and the last season of the latest series V. Wow, that's a pretty good get. Jane's not, I don't, I mean, Mark Singer's been to Dragon Con many times, but I don't think Jane's ever been there. So mm, I think this is her first one. No, I don't think so. That's pretty cool. Looking forward to seeing her. Yay. <laughs> Stanley Autry has been acting for more than a decade and has appeared in several major films, including The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises, and Black Panther. Lucky Yates plays Dr. Krieger on the TV show Archer on FX. He also plays a bazillion characters on the show Good Eats on the Food Network alongside his pal Alton Brown. He has a podcast with Amber Nash, Pam on Archer. James Urbaniak provides the voice for Dr. Thaddeus Venture on the Venture Brothers, as well as the doctor's brother, Jonas Venture Jr., and the supervillain, Phantom Limb. He has been acclaimed for his acting in the films Henry Fool and American Splendor. Dana Swenson is a voice actor, musician, game reviewer, and person who improvises too much from Atlanta, Georgia. She provides the talkie parts for Toonami's Sarah, Dark Ages, Malison, and Glenn wife on Squillbillies, while also recording music, voice nonsense for various other Adult Swim projects. 
Robert J. Sawyer has won the Hugo, Nebula, and John W. Campbell Memorial Awards, all for Best Science Fiction Novel of the Year. The ABC TV series Flash Forward was based on his Aurora-winning novel, Aurora Award-winning novel of the same name, and he was one of the writers for that program. Ricky Lacote is also known by Riddle, is an international recognized cosplayer who has been cosplaying for over 15 years. While she continues to cosplay, she has transferred the skills she learned into working on films such as Infinity War and Marvel's Endgame as a specialty set costumer. Mike Furman attended UCLA where he met Chris Hardwick, a fellow comedy enthusiast with whom you began perform silly, performing silly musical acts under the name Hard and Firm. Together, they made an album driven through a lot of corn and taped a Comedy Central Presents special that they feel went not too badly. Hal Lublin is one of the creators and co-hosts of We Got This with Mark and Hal on the Maximum Fun Network. He is also an accomplished actor and improviser, best known as Steve Carlsberg on Welcome to Nightville. Lublin also plays Wide Whale and Manalo on The Venture Brothers. June Brigman has enjoyed a long and varied career as a cartoonist, drawing such comic book titles as Alpha Flight, Supergirl, and Star Wars. She's the co-creator with Louise Simonson of Power Pack series from Marvel Comics, which recently celebrated its 30th anniversary. God, I feel old hearing that. (laughs) D.B. Woodside is currently seen as a series regular Amadeo on Lucifer on Netflix. Concurrently, he has been starring on the cable drama Suits. Prior to that, he was a recurring regular on the network drama Parenthood, and he played Wayne Palmer on the Emmy Award winning 24. David Tennant! (gasps) Ah! Is a Scottish actor and voice actor. I've never heard of him. What? Who's that? He's best known for his roles as D.I. Alex Hardy in Broadchurch. The Tenth Doctor in Doctor Who, Kilgrave in Jessica Jones, and most recently, Crowley in Good Omens. He will be appearing Friday and Saturday only. Oh, there's going to be so many Tenant fangirls running around. Yep. That's a a panel I might consider going to. Maybe. Oh my god, I bet they're going to do a panel together. <gasps> hmm, okay, I'll wait in line for that. <laughs> it will be real. <laughs> Especially if we're sitting in the front row. Oh, I don't want to wait that long. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Qualls... Well, I work- I work most of Friday and Saturday, so I'll be at the mercy of of Dan Carroll. (laughs) 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 I bet the people who've been drinking already have been having a lot of fun (laughs) on that one. DJ Qualls is one of the most recognizable actors working today. He has a huge fan base of his roles, including his movie Road Trip, The New Guy, The Core, and even Hustle and Flow. He has been an iconic of TV with his roles on Supernatural and Z Nation. That's going to be a fun panel. He's funny. 
Ty Olson is the man in everything. He is best known for his role as Benny Lafitte the Vampire in Supernatural. He currently plays Nico in CW's The 100. He has had great character roles on Battlestar Galactica, V, Eureka, Falling Skies, Continuum, Arrow, Dirk Gently, and iZombie. Mm-hmm. He is. He's going to get Mark Shepard to run for his money. Mm-hmm. Amy Garcia is an award-winning actress currently starring on the hugely popular series Lucifer, which recently moved to Netflix for its fourth season earlier this year. She previously appeared on Showtime's hit Dexter as Jamie Batista. Her other credits include Trauma, The George Lopez Show, RoboCop, and more. Actor Cooper Andrews is best known for his popular ongoing run as King as the Kingdom's Jerry on AMC's mega hit The Walking Dead. Most recently, Andrews has drawn praise for his portrayal of foster father Victor Vasquez in the DC's 29 hit 2019 hit Shazam. Freema Agerman is an actress best known for her role in Doctor Who and the spin-off series Torchwood as Martha Jones. She is also well known for her character Amita Kaplan in the acclaimed Netflix series Sense Eight. Freema will be appearing Friday and Saturday only. Friday That's and Saturday exciting. only. I wonder I'm if she's going to be tr- going to Toronto. Hmm. Probably. <laughs> so they're going to hop in their TARDIS. <laughs> then they could be at both places at the same time. Duh. Huh. Jamie Ian Swiss is a magician, author, and public speaker. Television appearances include CBS's 48 Hours, PBS's Nova, The Today Show, the Late, and The Late Late Show. He is the author of books, including three collections of essays. Allison Skagalotti is an actress who is best known for her roles as Mindy in Drake and Josh and Claudia Donovan in the sci-fi television series Warehouse 13. Other notable roles include One Tree Hill, CSI, Zoe 101, Stitchers, Arika, and Smallville. Roy Richardson has worked for all the major publishers. Currently, he's the inker for the new sci-fi series Captain Ginger from Ahoy Comics. He is also the inker slash letterer slash colorist for the Mary Worth comic strip uh, over his wife June Brigman's pencils. Eddie McClock is best known for his work as Pete Latimer in Warehouse 13. He has also appeared as special agent Tim Sullivan on Bones and has guest starred on Sex in the City, My Boys, Felicity, Friends, Less Than Perfect, Better Off Ted, and The King of Queens. Oh, Mikey Mason. That guy's fun. Mikey Mason is a natural, nationally touring performer with his hits like She Don't Like Firefly, Best Game Ever, and Opposite of Cool. Uh, Mikey Mason is a ball of contagious enthusiasm who makes songs that make geeks happy. Lieutenant Moxie Magnus travels through time and space to deliver her own brand of sci-fi comedy. She's proof that your physics professor was wrong. There is dragon space. <laughs> Uh, Moxie is a pip. This is the first, or it's been a while, right? No, she's every year. Wow, okay. For some reason, I just don't remember uh, her coming up in the guest list before. Yeah. Does she usually do panels? Yeah, Yeah. I've never been. I should go. I bet it's a fun time. She she is a pip, and if you've never if if you're from the wilds and you've only seen RuPaul's Drag Race, you owe it to yourself to see a real life drag queen in person at Drag Mm. Race. So go. 
All right. Peter Macon is an actor and voiceover artist who plays the role of Bordis, the second officer aboard the Orville. Macon is a veteran actor who has had recurring roles in the cable series Shameless and streaming series Bosch. He has also starred in the cable movie High Moon. Lips Down on Dixie is an Atlanta-based Rocky Horror Picture Show cast which performs weekly Friday night midnight shows at the Plaza Theater. Known nationally for their screen accuracy and the cast has made appearances at venues around the Southeast. Mark Jackson has most recently been cast as a series regular in, as Isaac in the Orville for 20th Century Fox Television. In other screen work, it, which includes performing with Paul Nicholas and Steve Hoyson in The Royal Today for ITV and various short films such as Peppermint and The Kissing Booth. Erica Henderson is a comic artist, writer, and animator. She's best known for her work on Marvel's The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl and Adventure Time. Henderson is part of a new generation of female cartoonists bringing their unique, expressive styles to a traditionally male-dominated world of comics of superheroes. Gil Gerard has starred in numerous successful made-for-television movies as well as feature films. He is best known to sci-fi audiences as Captain William Buck Rogers in the sci-fi TV series Buck Rogers in the 25th Century. Mark Gagliardi is best known for his viral hit Drunk History and his work in The Thrilling Adventure Hour, a monthly live hit show and podcast. He is a veteran of Second City and National Lampoon and works at Disneyland and Universal Studios, an actor and improvisation coach. Rita Delatori is a screenwriter, filmmaker, and voice actor. Delatori co-wrote, produced, and directed Seekers of the Lost Worlds and co-created the animated series Star Mage. Roger Bumpus is an Emmy-nominated for the voice of Squidward on SpongeBob SquarePants. He's been acting for 38 years, and he's been going to keep on until he gets it right. In addition to Squidward, he has also provided various voices in many Disney and Pixar-featured animated movies. Mike Barron is the creator of Nexus with artist Steve Rude and Badger, two of the longest-lasting independent superhero comics. Baron has won two Eisners and an Inkpot Award and written The Punisher, Flash, Dead Man, and Star Wars, among many other titles. Last but not least is Lori Allen has starred as Diane Simpson's on The Family Guy, Pearl the Whale on SpongeBob SquarePants, and Sue Richards, the Invisible Woman on Marvel Comics' The Fantastic Four, along many other fantastic animated roles in which included Monsters University, Toy Story 3, Despicable Me 2, and WALL-E. And that is it. Oh, thank oh. God. For those of you still awake, <laughs> please call 911 for alcohol poisoning treatment. The amazing thing is, well, first of all, it's amazing that you guys did, did that. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, seriously. Uh, it's uh, I'm glad I didn't have to do it this too. month. Me Yay. too. Because <laughs> uh, I think I'll have to do it. Totally I think selfish. I will have to do it next month. So, yeah. Uh, but, um, anyway, what's really awesome and amazing about this is that uh, that's not even half of the people that have been announced in this uh, since the last month. So go to uh, DragonCon's website and find out all the, go through the list of guests. There's tons from voice actors to producers, to writers, to artists, to comic book people, to podcasters. There's just a ton of people on there. So um, just, yeah, see the whole list for yourself because I'm sure there's going to be at least a couple people that you're going to want to seek out at DragonCon. Oh, yeah. It's just highlights that I pick for this. It's not even close to everybody. 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, they probably seek out and want to get a photo with. And uh, of course, that's a segue. And because we're about to talk about taking photos uh, at Dragon Con. And we've got uh, some great guests joining us uh, to talk all about that. All right, now it's time for the main segment of the show. And this time we're this week or this month, actually, we're going to talk about uh, photography and uh, various photo opportunities at Dragon Con. And we've got some photographers to here to join us to talk all about their experiences. Uh, first off, we have Lee with us. Lee, welcome. How are you? Absolutely great. Thanks for, for, thanks for hanging out with us. Oh, no problem. Thank you for the invite. Like I said, this is this is going to be fun. I'm enjoying it. Absolutely. Um, now, uh, uh, first of all, let's uh, talk about your experiences at Dragon Con. When was your first Dragon Con? My first Dragon Con was 2005. And I only, I, I actually was um, living in Athens, Georgia for a while. And I came down that year. And only came for like a day. I think it was like a Sunday, like afternoon, like pretty much at the tail end. Um, and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to come back the full time next year. And I did. So 2006 was my first full Dragon Con. Wow. Okay. And and did you bring the camera then? No, I actually, <laughs> it took me a while. Ironically, it took me a while to discover um, the photo shoots pretty much. Um, I, I had no idea when they were occurring or where they were and all that kind of stuff. And um, it wasn't until about 2007 that I kind of discovered all the cosplayers and all that good stuff. And that is when I decided just to pick up a camera again, because I had kind of left uh, photography alone for almost like 10 years. I did it when I was an undergraduate um, and left it alone. And that kind of like reawakened all my photographic urges, if you will. Um, to to kind of start doing photography again. So really, DragonCon is responsible for me coming back to the area of photography. That's actually really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's I find I find DragonCon as an experience very inspiring too, and it's kind of cool when it inspires uh, others as well. Um, we've also got with us Mark. Mark, welcome to the station. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Uh, when when was your first DragonCon? So my first Dragon Con was back when I was at Georgia Tech, and that was back in 2004. But I didn't start shooting at Dragon Con until about 2012. So I kind of had the gear because my hobby was landscape photography. And then I said, hey, why don't I take my two hobbies, geekdom and photography, and put them together? So that's how that started. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and as we found, I mean, you know, DragonCon is extremely photogenic, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> there's, there's, there's almost too much to see there. You, you can never, well, never catch any, everything. And, and that's, that's one thing that I definitely want to talk about, um, how um, it seems like, I mean, there are definitely areas where uh, there are scheduled photo ops, right? There's uh, the, 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 the folks that have, I don't know how many it is now. Is there multiple people that actually have photo booths or photo areas? Because uh, I think Brian Humphrey still does that, right, Mike? Yeah, he does. Okay, so Brian still does that. And then I, are there others who do that too, or is he just the only one down there now? 
I think he's the only one that's down there. He has a, a contractual arrangement, like like um, someone was telling me a while ago with Dragon Con. Gotcha. Yeah, I think he worked pretty hard for that, actually. So. Mm-hmm. It took him many years, but he finally got his <laughs> yeah. contract with Dragon Con. Yeah, and uh, so so you've got that official area um, where you know, there's photo ops that are that they're really, you know, I, I guess we could call them professional photo ops there. Um, and those are those are uh, he charges for those, right? He does. Okay. So, and then you've got your photo shoots that happen like on the stairs of the Hilton in various other areas of Dragon Con. Um, I know that Darren, you participated in some of those, right? Yes. I have sweated many, many afternoons on the Hilton back steps (laughs) for for the glory of being a a, a dot in a big group picture <laughs> oh, like many others have. So it's not a complaint. It's just reality. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Mary, have you participated in those as well? Yeah. Yeah. I have a couple of times. Cool. The, um, and so, and so what are, what are those like? I mean, those have just grown to you know, like enormous proportions. I, I can remember when they were like maybe 15, 20 people and now they're in the hundreds. Yeah, right. these these days you just have to figure out where they're going to fit because, <laughs> like the, the like the DC and Marvel um, big photo shoots, you can't fit them all on the on the Hilton steps. You just can't. So they end up getting divided into little chunks of each fandom. But yeah, it's like you got so many people um, dressed up and getting their photos taken, and then on the opposite side, you've got so many photographers kind of jockeying for position. And you just don't want to get in each other's shots. Right, right. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's definitely one of those situations where as photo shoots have grown, like I know you guys talked to Channing and, you know, for example, like his photo shoot, I was there. I think he mentioned that at his first one, um, me and my uh, photographic partner, um, Jeff Hall, Dr. Goodnight and my create our creative director, uh, Miss Latoya Simmons, Royalty Cosplay. We were there, and it grew from Idy Harvey Park to the big steps on the Hilton um, this past year. It's it, it's just it's just tremendous. It becomes an exercise in logistics after a while as well. So, how are you going to manage and move and subdivide these people and get it all done in an hour? You know, and just to be honest, like, Mark, I I won't speak for you, but just for me as a photographer, there's no way one photographer can do that. You totally have to have like a team of people to help you out with that. Yeah, no, no question. You you have multiple photographers. You got a couple people who are just wrangling your cosplayers with <laughs> megaphones and you got people setting up lights. And, and yeah, it's like no single photographer can ca- manage all of that. I agree. Yeah. Also, the uh, cosplayers need to be able to hear over the DJ. So, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's a new wrinkle. It's a new wrinkle. A new yeah. Wrinkle. Everyone learn sign language, please. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, I would imagine it can get pretty crazy because you've probably got, I mean, photographers from at all levels, right? You've got the ones with like the very professional gear and some people with just their phones, right? Yep. Yep. That, that has become increasingly more common people doing the cell phone pics. It used to be that people would just kind of use their, um, their smaller, like point and shoot cameras, but yeah, yeah, there's definitely people of, of all different, you know, abilities and skill levels and gear levels and things like that for sure. But just to be clear at almost all these photo shoots, like all are welcome, right? Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Usually, um, and, and, and Mark, you know, you jump into where, where if I'm missing something, but normally with a photo shoot, there's like a primary and maybe like a secondary photographer um, who are responsible for getting most of the main shots. Um, and I've, I've been, you know, both and neither. Um, and usually what the prime will try to do, the primes and the secondaries, is that they will try to make allowances for everyone who is there shooting to get a shot. Um, usually the only, you know, caveat will be just let me get the main shot first and then I will move out of the way and you all can get what you want. And we also try to make it such that um, we don't have the cosplayers posing for too long because like someone alluded to earlier, it is very hot out there. We don't want anybody passing out. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that just because it's like you, you got your each fandom basically has, has their organizer for their shoot. And that organizer's working with one or two uh, main photographers. And they go, you know, one, two, three, look at me and get their, their shot. And then they open up for, you know, free-for-all, again, for everyone, be it on an iPhone or DSLR. And, and is there a sense that, okay, is, there's this, probably a sense that you need to just document how many people are here. It's just a, basically a, a, a photo of just a ton of people um, and there's just no way around that. Right. I mean, you can't, it, but I would, I, I've seen some that look like they're more artistic. Oh yeah. Like they're actually trying to, you know, do something like fun and make it not just a, like just a simple group shot. Right. Like a class photo. No, 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 definitely. Um, usually what will happen is, um, I know you all mentioned that you talked to the people who run the Dragon Con uh, photo shoot group. Usually what will happen is people will set up like a Facebook group or something like that and come up with a plan. Uh, the organizers will work with the photographers to come up with a specific shot list. And some will be definitely like the class photos, but then you'll get into other things like the more artistic shots, heroes versus villains, like those sorts of things. Um, characters who are romantically involved or whatever else, you know, you all may decide um, to come up with. So uh, that's a good point. So if you're interested in participating in the photo shoots, either uh, from either side of the lens, it's probably a good idea to seek out these groups online first to, because there's a lot of preparation that goes into this. Yeah, definitely. I would say so. Um, and even though, you know, you try to plan as much as you can, there, there are going to be always people who find out about a photo shoot like late and who don't necessarily participate in the planning process um, within the Facebook groups. And that's completely OK. Like we always get people who walk up, you know, they come in with their amazing, fabulous costume and we say, hey, well, come on and get in the shot. And we figure out a way like on the fly to kind of work them in. Now, in addition to the photo shoots, I mean, obviously, uh, one of the things that's great about Dragon Con is just just taking it all in and taking pictures, uh, sort of like gorilla like um, style, right? Like just going and taking pictures of people hanging out, uh, people in costume, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, with the crowds that it is now, um, I would imagine it makes it a little bit more difficult to do that. Yeah, these days it's a lot harder from the earlier days, even, you know, five years ago. It's like 
you can't really navigate if you have a larger rig, but you kind of need a flash rig if you're going to do like haul shots and things like that because yep. everywhere has terrible lighting unless you're in kind of the outdoors doing the, <laughs> these these large group shots. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would definitely agree with that. Um, I think some of the changes in technology where you have a lot of like, you know, portable battery strobes and flashes have like become pretty essential, especially if you're doing like small group and individual shots at Dragon Con, mm-hmm. given the space and just like the amount of, you know, walking that you're going to have to do. Now, and I, I do know that one of the, the common areas, uh, especially at the Marriott, uh, like that whole area around the Pulse Bar and everything seems to be a, a nice place for cosplayers to go or people to just go and then like just stand there and then various people come by and take their picture. Oh yeah, especially that 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 main Marriott area. It's like if I find someone I really really like, I try to take them to, you know at least down the stairs so we have a little more room to maneuver. Right. So that we're, I, I don't accidentally back up into someone because again, the spa- spaces that are premium there, everyone kind of wants to be there. It's the central location, basically. Yeah. Would, do you have? Do you guys go in there, um, like with each at Dragon Con, or just even uh, with some sort of uh, style or goal in mind? Like, I want to take pictures, like a certain style. I personally don't go in with with a, a set idea because every year there's going to be something new, something different, so, something that that's going to blow me out of the water that that will n- never match up with any idea that I co- have coming into Dragon Con. Yeah, yeah, so, something that that will just be unanticipated. Um, what I will say though that I do try to do is is um, definitely think about like you know natural lighting because I do a lot of the larger outdoor group shots Mm -hmm. one of the things that i've had to start planning for you know even more in recent years is doing a lot of shooting at night like we do um um, dr lost photo lab all my compatriots we do a lot of photo shoots at night now um and it's kind of cool because dragon con brought out professional lighting whereas we used to just kind of bring out our own lights before um, but that has kind of been a really new, you know, wrinkle and just getting ideas um, just kind of based on the lighting and the surroundings um, is something that I've kind of been focusing on um, every single year. But I wouldn't say that I, I other than that, I don't really go into it with um, a set idea in mind. Gotcha. I was just wondering if uh, but if there's something that you kind of either look for or. um you know, I would imagine that uh, DragonCon, with all its challenges, but all its, uh, you know, everything that you can take photos of, if there's, if there's something that you particularly are like keen to look for, like, is there, is it just a personal thing? It's like what makes a something like what makes it something attractive for you to take a picture of? I personally go 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 ahead, Lee. No, 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 no. Go ahead, Mark. All right. Uh, I personally just look for if if I can find like quality of craftsmanship, just because I, I like kind of the closer shots, like the the individual <laughs> shots, and then I try to highlight that that craftsmanship personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dragon Con's just a candy store for photographers. There's <laughs> so many skilled and amazing cosplays out there. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I would agree. I call Dragon Con, I market Dragon Con to any cosplayer I meet as the cosplay Super Bowl. Like, I totally say that all the time. All the, you know, really, most of the really cool costumes that you're going to see at a convention are going to come through Dragon Con or will be debuted at Dragon Con. So, so Mary Lou, what kind of candy would you be? She's asleep. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, (laughs) I always mute myself just to like, because, you know, know. life. Um, she's the mad typist everybody yeah, angry, knows. Typist. I type angry typist I would definitely um, god I don't know I'd be like a warhead or something mm. so I was thinking apple pie soaked <laughs> Twinkie oh you think I'm that sweet that's really <laughs> that nice handy. yeah oh. 80 proof <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that, yeah. That, that's about right for Dragon Con <laughs> yeah definitely uh, let me just say one more thing too. I would just say it's definitely DragonCon is definitely a target-rich environment, and every year there are always a few costumes that I'm just like, wow, I just have to have a picture of that particular person, or I'd like to work with that particular person while they're at the con. Mm-hmm. Do you guys do do you do um, like individual photo shoots? Do you uh, like sort of offer that for for folks, or is it just basically you're just going there and having fun and? For Dragon Con, I don't really offer individual photo shoots just because, like like Lee said, um, it's a target-rich environment. There's just too many. Mm-hmm. If you offer photo shoots, you're going to never see as much as you want to see. And even then, you're never going to see everything. That's, yeah, that, that's definitely true. Um, there are times when, you know, we're 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 able to do more individual things. It's usually after we're done with like some of the group work that we're doing, like particularly at night, like I'll give you an example. One of the big photo shoots that I look forward to every year is our Jedi versus Sith shoot that we do at night. Cause there's nothing like seeing like over a hundred lightsabers at night. It's like <laughs> coolest shit ever. Like, and um, we usually will do some individual work um, after that, just like when the shoot is starting to break and there's a lot of room. Um, one other thing I will say, too, about Dragon Con that I really love. Now, I've been to different conventions. I've been to San Diego Comic Con. I've been to New York Comic Con. And as far as big cons go, I, and I have not been to like C2E2 or like um, Emerald City, I will say Dragon Con has some of the best natural um, venues for doing um, particularly large group shots and, and even individual shots um, to an extent of, of any con in the country. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I mean, I, I, I know that for, for decades, you could always tell uh, cosplay shots that were taken at Dragon Con mainly because of the carpet, the Marriott carpet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that became, I mean, really, it's still legendary, right? Um, <laughs> but there are also, whether it's the, the Hilton Stairs or the um, uh, sort of like that plaza outside that mm-hmm. I see a lot of uh, photos taken at, um, or even some of the various other places around the hotels, I, I do see that there is a lot of opportunities for different kinds of uh, of scenery. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you've got, you know, Ivy Hardy Park, you've got the different plazas, you've got some of the statues outside um, of the hotels. And, you know, as you mentioned earlier, those Hilton steps are just iconic because, I mean, it's 
they're they're just like a natural riser, so they're the perfect place for like a large group shoot. Yeah, it's not just your typical like here are shots at conventions kind of deal. Like when you it seems like when you're looking at somebody's photos from Dragon Con, there's a little bit more creativity there. Absolutely. Yeah, especially you know in the back of the Hilton. Other than those steps, you, you've got the Atlanta skyline as well. So those are absolutely perfect for superhero shots. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I I mean I agree. You know, day during the day, especially at night too. Like it's it's just remarkable. So uh, so let's get into some maybe some some helpful t- tips to, for people who uh, maybe are interested in either photography or getting into photography or or just you know or just basically like um, even from the other side of the lens the uh, people in costume like what uh, things to to keep in mind uh, to to do or not to kind of thing um, I know that uh, yeah we always have uh, pretty strong opinions of. You know, there's obviously the, the the standard like you know don't don't get don't don't block the uh, habit trails or the you know the the or the top or the bottoms of escalators that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, make sure absolutely to get out of the way of any you know any path that's being used and people are moving through. See if you can get as out of the way as possible. Um, I'd say for cosplayers, if you have a photographer that's not willing to let you take a friend with you, don't work with that photographer. Stay safe. I agree. I totally agree. Yeah, definitely. And if you are a cosplayer who has like a rather large or delicate costume, I would say avoid the skywalks and just travel by the street because you don't want people will definitely bump into you the more, um, of a enclosed and tight space you're in for sure. Um, I would also say um, if, if you're getting into the cosplay, you know, photography, I guess world or just taking pictures, I would say um, where appropriate, definitely ask someone to take a photo. Um, you know, it's just kind of polite and not, you know, don't be rude. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ask first. Right. Mm hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, you don't want to just like go up to people while they're eating in the, in the food court or wherever. Um, and, uh, and then just snap photos of people. That's it. That's just kind of, yeah. Yeah. You don't, you you don't really know if people are are busy, need to be somewhere. Maybe they're, they're on the way to a a costume contest, for example. Um, and and they kind of be on the move. So it's like, don't, don't, don't feel bad if they say no, because you, Right. You don't know if they, they got somewhere to be. Exactly. Or they can just be tired. Like sometimes they'll just say, give me a minute, let me rest. Cause you know, all that posing and everything that requires like a great bit of energy and just be, be considerate of that. Yeah. Good call. I mean, yeah, I mean, it is kind of, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, even though as bad as you want the, the shot of the picture, I mean, sometimes it's just, they, they gotta, they gotta do what they gotta do. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and most cosplayers, I mean, they're there because they want to have photos taken of them. So it's like they don't want you to take their photo. They just want to be able to do it when they can look and act and feel their best. Yes. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, cause yeah, a lot of times, um, with the casual photographer, um, if someone's just taking something off the fly, they, they won't be able to like pose or get the, 
maybe the outfit to look or the costume to look exactly the way that they've intended it to look. Mm-hmm. They might be getting these weird shots that just don't don't maybe show off the work as well. Right. Yeah, let, let, let the cosplayer, you know, get into whatever poses and angles that, that they, they feel works best for them because they, they've spent a lot of time on this cosplay. They, they know what they, they want to do. They know what they want to look like. And, you, you know, you got to just remember that the cosplayers are human too. Everyone need, needs a break at some time. In terms of, like, breaking into um, uh, cosplay, I guess, photography, I would just say um, I started with a very basic camera, uh, what they call a crop sensor camera. Just very basic. I think I bought it from either Best Buy or I got it at like Sam's Club and stuff like that. Um, and I was able to make that work very well by just kind of studying, you know, photographic principles that I had um, learned in undergraduate uh, school. And there, there are also all kinds of um, there's a lot of information on the net and web that can help you learn and become a better photographer. Um it won't happen overnight. Give yourself time um, to improve. And a lot of people, there's this big misconception that because you have a better camera that you will take better photos. Um, Mark, would you say that that's true? I would say that's not true at all. Gear doesn't matter. (laughs) Shoot with what you have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some amazing (laughs) shots of people who have crop sensor cameras. I mean, and they're phenomenal. You would never know that it's not, you know, the quote unquote more professional um, uh, technological camera, if you will. Yeah, I would imagine that it's really more of uh, the relationship between, you know, the, the photographer and the subject more than it would be the actual like camera. I mean, obviously, it has something to do with it, but not as much as the other two people involved. Yeah, de- 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 definitely. When everybody's having fun, everybody's having a good time. Those those are when I find that I get the best shots out of it. it is when everybody's just, just just having fun. The also the idea I would think that Dragon Con would be attractive to a lot of photographers, uh, not only because of the level of cosplay and how much of it there is, but um, also I mean I think we yeah, we we've mentioned that it is um, it it's pretty much the um, like I think it's called like the like geek prom, nerd prom, right? Like the best of the best comes to drink. Yeah. Oh yeah. The cosplay Super Bowl, man. That's what I call it. <laughs> so and it's a it's it's a great way to just hone your skills, right? To to take these pictures, right? Yep. Yep. And the other thing I will say too is that when I was, you know, starting out doing this, I was able to talk to other photographers, older senior photographers, and they were really cool. Like we would talk like during downtime and things like that. And they were really good about answering questions and just giving me tips, you know, all of which I follow to this day. Um, And I try to pay that forward when I see that there's a photographer who's, you know, up and coming. Um, And if they have questions, I'm more than happy to share, you know, things that I've learned um, in my time doing cosplay photography at Dragon Con for sure. Yeah, I would definitely agree with uh, Ali there. It's like you learn from those around you and kind of, I wouldn't say mimic their shots, but definitely it's like ask them if they've got a moment. It's like, how would you, you know, kind of, kind of frame this or have any ideas? And they're, they're usually really helpful other photographers in, in helping you find your vision. So, so it's a pretty good uh, photography community. It's not like, Hey, we're, everybody's out to get the, the shot and elbowing each other. 
not usually elbowing each other. <laughs> I mean, it's like there's obviously, you know, a limited amount of space in some of these shots. So you can accidentally <laughs> jostle someone, but everyone's usually pretty good about, you know, collaborating and, you know, helping each other out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and there, there are times when, you know, like I mentioned, I do like a lot of the group work and just given some of the lenses that I have and equipment that I have, I'm able to get like wider, you know, high definition group shots, but to kind of go back to something that we said earlier, um, we want to make sure that people just aren't dots in the crowd. So a lot of times I will work with, you know, not only um, my usual second shooter, um, Dr. Goodnight, but other photographers, I'll say, okay, I want you to get close up shots of this particular quadrant of this large group shot so that when we post it, people can see where they were like individually. So that collaborative, um, I think spirit will, will, help everybody, the cosplayers, you, uh, the photographer, as well as your fellow photographers. The, um, besides the, 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 the group shots and the Hilton, um, where else are your personal favorite places to shoot at Drake? I personally love Hardy Ivy Park. I, I love that little kind of little gazebo stone marble thing that, that makes absolutely beautiful shots because I'm a, I'm big into kind of the fantasy aspect and that just works right in. I will definitely second um, Mark's point about Ivy Hardy park. I think that that's, that is a really, really cool um, place to shoot. Um, I also like some of the, the areas behind the steps at the Hilton. It um, produces like a lot of like natural, like shadows, especially if you're shooting like a lot of like urban characters, all that concrete and steel, it just kind of just all like works really well together. Oh yeah. I agree with that. Especially like, you know, the spider people, spider people work perfect for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> the, um, uh, any other areas that of note? Um, it, it's really where you find the cosplayer because you're moving around, they're moving around. So take the shot when you get the opportunity. Now, are you just uh, now? Uh, what about the the actual events going on at DragonCon, like the panels or some of the the um, you know the the music events or anything like that? Do you guys are, do you guys get pulled into photography, uh, photographing that sort of thing too? Yeah, um, I can actually speak to that. Um, for years and years and years, I kind of like just stayed away from the DragonCon parade. And I actually, um, through Jarvis Sheffield, who's the director of the diversity track, he asked me to do um, a, or, or to take photos of the, their particular group's um, experience through the Dragon Con parade. And that was really cool. I have a new appreciation for the Dragon Con parade. Like I just saw, like just walking through it, like how it affects the crowd, particularly how it affects children. So I'm really thankful that I got pulled into that uh, one particular experience for sure. Very cool. Yeah. The parade's a very, um, very fun photographic uh area of dragon content or at least for a lot of the you know i guess we can call them amateurs but um you know the cell phones for sure well the parade also mm-hmm. you know it's it's open for literally everyone who lives in atlanta so you you get a lot of families you get a lot a lot of people not participating in dragon con they're coming out to see the parade because it's a lot of cool stuff 
Yeah, you gotta you gotta get up pretty early to get a, a, a optimum spot. I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah, you definitely do. But it's become an Atlanta institution. Like it's funny because you watch like all of like the football fans for whatever college team is playing. Like they know they're out there. If they're staying in the Hyatt, they're on the balcony, like looking out, like in their fan gear and everything. So it's great. Everybody participates. You're right. So uh, any other sort of tips or things that the people should do or not do, or maybe something that uh, you can think of that is a common uh, mistake that you find from, if you like, you're looking at a lot of pictures from Dragon Con, you're like, ugh. Like, like, I wish this would be, like, not so much a thing. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's funny. Um, one thing, I know we talked about, you know, primary and secondary photographers. Always try to look at whoever the primary photographer is more than anything, because I'll have shots where, like, almost everybody will be looking, but then there'll be a few people who will be looking off in the <laughs> distance. And the photo's still great, but it could have been that much better if everybody was had it. Um, had their their face, you know, pointing towards the camera, the primary camera. Yeah, for, for those group photo shoots, pay attention to the guy with the microphone. It's like if he says, "Look at look at the primary photographer," please look at that primary photographer. You can look at the other cameras later on. Um, I would say <laughs> one tip that I have for DragonCon in particular is stay hydrated. You're going to be running around. It's hot. Yes, I was. Yep, I was I was going to say that because unfortunately every year we usually have one or two people who, you know, they they end up, you know, fainting or something like that. So that 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 is definitely make sure that you hydrate and make sure that you eat for sure. Um and and just kind of make sure that that you have a good spirit and a good disposition because you know, it's going to be a long hot weekend, you're going to be around a lot of people. So just just try to stay happy and enjoy everything and the and the wonder that is Dragon Con. Yeah, well just, just remember, everyone is there to have fun. So keep having fun, or at least do your best. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, so, uh, Mike, Mary, and Darren, any anything that uh, that you have as far as questions for? for our two photographers or maybe things that you've noticed as well that are, uh, that people should uh, keep in mind, whether they're on either side of the camera. Uh, I would just say lighting is important. Um, sometimes when you're in the back of those Hilton steps, the sun is right in your eyeballs. So you will have to divert your gaze from the photographers until it's like right time to take the shot. So it's important to like, it, it's easy to get distracted in those big group shots because everyone's got great costumes and we're all talking, waiting for, you know, things to happen. But when they say, Hey, go, you want to be ready to go. So it, it's kind of what they talk about being um, always in a sense of being ready to pounce on that moment when it happens um, while you're doing other things. So you've got to kind of keep that, other ear open for all the directions and everything. That's really important. You don't want to be the one turned around in the middle of a shot because it'll ruin the shot. You don't want to be that guy hmm. or lady. You don't want to be that guy. Yeah, it could happen. So. <laughs> right. Sure. Um, go ahead, Mike. Oh, one of the most frustrating things is when you're getting ready to take a picture and somebody steps right in front of you to snap a picture or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You just got to be patient because, you know, maybe they didn't see you. Maybe that they've had Possible. a little too much to drink. Maybe, you know, 
Yeah, maybe they're they're just you know walking through and it's yeah, like, one, oh, one of the, oh. yeah. <laughs> one of the other yeah. problems that occurs posing. and people can get really of it right about it is a photographer sees a cosplayer in the tra- in the habit trails, and they like say, "I need to take your picture, but I got somewhere. You. Can you can we stop like right now for like two seconds?" The answer is always no. The answer is always no. Yeah, but don't do and that. I've had photographers cuss, <laughs> like curse, curse, like there are children around, and you, really? yeah, yeah, because they, they feel like they're entitled to take yeah, that, a picture wow. right then, right now, because they've got a busy schedule yeah, too. No, that, 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 that's not kosher. I'm like, if you can't follow the cosplayer and you want something from the cosplayer, I'm sorry, that's on you. <laughs> so you know, don't take photos. In the habit trails, period. Don't ask. Habit trails are for walking through, not for stopping, ever. I completely agree. Yeah, just if if it's it's on the cosplayer's time, it really is. So pay attention, keep moving, and if you can't move, if the cosplayer says no, you go with the no. Right. Well, and, 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 you know, one thing to combat that is that a lot of times you can tell, you know, the cosplayer, you know, I would like to shoot you. Here's where I'm going to be like that sort of thing. And, and, and that has worked out. So like a lot of times when we're doing a lot of the group shoots, what we'll do is we'll say, if you come back to us at this time, here's where we'll be. And we'll have like a, a, a little like mini group kind of like session with with all sorts of individuals who have, you know, come back just to get individual shots throughout the day. I noticed that uh, um, a lot of people who, who are interested in taking photos of Dragon Con and making it, like, posting them and, and sort of, you know, sharing with the community and everything uh, will prep and bring either business cards or something that uh, they can either – you know, give the, the cosplay, the, 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 the subject of their photos or just uh, to people in general. Um, is that something that uh, you guys do or? Yeah, absolutely. I, I have got um, a small set of business card cards with me usually always. And if I start running out, it's like I just have them take a picture of the back of the card. And on the opposite side, a lot of cosplayers have cards as well. So we just exchange cards. So that helps me mm. find them, tag them, send their photos. We, we always make sure that we have cards. Um, even times when we're doing like group shoots, we'll have like an easel stand where we'll have our logo and all of our contact information on like some newsprint so that people can just take a picture or they can start to follow us right then and there. I personally love that as a cosplayer, like so many times all those photos get taken and they just like disappear into the ether and you never see them again. Um, Especially just like hallway photos. I love when somebody will give me like a business card or let me take a photo of a business card or something like that. So I know I'll be able to find those photos later. And, and there's also, I think there's a group um, drag, looking for photos um, at, at DragonCon or something like that. And I know a lot of people will dump photos there as well if they're not able to identify um, people directly. And that's a good place to go as well to try to find photos. So uh, how that's a that's a that leads us to a really good point and question about. Um, how do you, uh, what's the best way to show off the yeah, photos? Typically the what we'll do is we will, After um, Dragon Con. we'll post them in the Dragon Con um, photo um, 
photo group photo shoot uh, group, or we'll post it on the official Dragon Con uh, Facebook group, or we will post, well, and I'm sorry, these are not or, these are ands basically. And we'll also post it on our Facebook page um, mm-hmm. so, so that everybody can kind of see uh, where they're at. So you'll get it either from the event in the general Dragon Con photo shoot group, or you can get it directly from our page. Yeah, I do the same thing. I also post uh, kind of highlights to my Instagram feed, and, but you can find uh, the direct link to my uh, Flickr site on my Instagram page that usually has the full set of photos from DragonCon there. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. Um, I'm glad that gotcha. you brought up Flickr, too, because this is something that a lot of people don't realize. Like when you upload photos to Facebook, it automatically compresses them, I think, down to like 20 megabytes. It might not seem like a big deal. In yes. things like cosplay photography, where you're trying to capture detail, you know, in costumes and things like that, it's huge. Um, so it is important, like Mark is saying, to um, upload your photos to something like Flickr, where the photos don't get compressed. You can get full resolution photos so that people can totally see the awesomeness of your photo and the costume. Now, I don't know if DragonCon still does this, and you guys can tell me, because I used to, you know, uh, run around taking pictures and I would post them. Uh, online uh, on my blog or whatever back in the day. And uh, DragonCon had this nice feature where they would allow, like they would, if you sent them a link, they would post it on their website. And that used to bring me like tons of traffic. Like that used to be like the biggest place that I, like anybody would, like I, like my numbers would just spike uh, because people were going to the DragonCon site and just going through all these links that they grouped up of all these uh, photographers and, and no idea. Pictures. They still do that. Yeah. No, no clue. I don't I'm hung over. So. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a good question. I'll, I'll ask though. I'll You're tired, out, right? Because that would be yeah. a great opportunity for uh, photographers and cosplayers for sure. Yeah. Cause they used to, um, they used to do that. I don't, and it used to be, like I said, right on their, their, uh, their site. Um, uh, so, well, very cool. Well, we definitely appreciate you guys joining us. Um, before we get out of here, where can people find your work? Uh, we'll start with you, Lee. Okay. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Dr. Laws Photo, Photo Lab. So it's D-R-L-A-W-S uh, Photo Lab. Uh, we're also on Instagram, same handle, Dr. Laws Photo Lab. And we're on Twitter at Dr. Law's Photo Lab as well. Awesome. So the and best Mark- way to find me is to follow my Instagram. That's Zapto Photo, Z-A-P-T-O-P-H-O-T-O, Zapto Photo on Instagram. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely have links to both of those in our show notes. And uh, thank you guys thank you. so much for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you again. Very cool. Now we'll be uh, going to our our fellow ESO network uh, here on the network, uh, the Nerd Bliss guys. And now we have joining us all the way from the Nerd Bliss podcast, we have Chris and Dan. Welcome to this, this part of the station. I don't think you've ever been here before. Yeah, no. First time. First time. You got us full effect. Good to be here. Good to be here. Absolutely. Yeah, I got to say, uh, uh, props on the green room there, there, Mike. Love it. Love it. <laughs> well, we do, we do serve pie. 
uh, in the green room for the Dragon Con report. That is, uh, I specifically, I specifically requested there be no green M and M's, but I'm not going <laughs> to nitpick. It is a green room, so they kind of accessorize uh, the room. Um, how are you guys doing? Like, uh, we're here to talk about Dragon Con, so I'm curious to see uh, to listen to you guys talk about like your experiences there. Um, Chris, what was your first year at Dragon Con? My first year was 2008. And, uh, yeah, 2008 and yeah, it was, uh, an overwhelming, it was a much smaller, uh, it, it, I mean, it was still huge, but it was much smaller than it is today. As far as <laughs> attendance, you can actually get around, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, tremendous. I had felt like, uh, for the first time in many, many years that I'd found my tribe and, uh, I'm like, yeah, these are my people. Now, had you had you heard about it beforehand, or was it something that uh, you know you needed to, you you waited a while to check out? Or uh, some friends of mine had gone uh, a couple of years prior and had told me all about it, and uh, I didn't didn't really think a whole lot about it at the time. Uh, some uh, then I started uh, connecting with uh, some of the local uh, geeks in this area. They were talking it up. I'm like, well, I guess I have to give this a try, and uh, life was never the same. Did you have other convention experiences? Dragon that? Con 2008 was my very first convention ever. Wow. That's, that's the way to start yeah, it, Drinking man. from the fire hoses, I like to say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, what about you? When was your first year? Uh, Dragon Con, that would be last year, 018. Really? Last yep. year was your first year? Oh, Yeah. Oh okay, yeah. So obviously you had heard a lot about it prior to uh, attending. Yeah. Well, I mean, in terms of leading up to it, yes. Uh, really, this entire—I've been a nerd my whole life, but it's really been in isolation, if you will, just you know, relegated to close friends and family. It wasn't until I moved out here, met up with Chris and Tina, and got on board the good ship Nerd Bliss that I've, it's been total immersion therapy for me. So when they're like, you need to go to Dragon Con, Dragon Con is all about you. You're all about Dragon Con. I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, cool, I guess let's do it. And I got there and (laughs) it was like, it wasn't, it was like, uh, it was like being lost at Disneyland because you wanted to be, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like you ditched your parents, you threw, you're watching the trash and you just, you just ran for the Matterhorn. Very, very well put. Um, so I, I, it's safe to say that it lived up because it probably was hyped up pretty big in your mind. Uh, so it lived up to that. I, uh, uh, and, and more, uh, no, no one was able to fully, articulate but by no fault of their own the the sheer magnitude of it when i would ask you know what's going on what's it going to be all about uh, what's happening well we're going to stay in the hotel and there's a bunch of hotels and it's just going to be insane and everything that you want and love uh, mind you my prior con experience had been sc comic con up here in greenville sc comic con right. represent i'm familiar with that one good show Very familiar yeah 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 and so that was my that was the sum total of my entire con experience was wow. SC Comic Con and then Dragon Con. 
And now when people ask me, well, can you articulate DragonCon? Can you really give me an idea of the scope? And I am lost for words to try to <laughs> fully, fully describe what it's all about. Uh, a, a, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, the attendance for last year was somewhere, it was 80,000 plus, 84. It's around 80,000, yeah. Around 80,000, yeah. It, it's really hard to, uh, you know, aside from going to like a major sporting event, to and, and, and the fact this is a decentralized 80,000 people to really impart to somebody the magnitude of it all. And the fact that there isn't one event happening that you want to go to. There's 15 events happening simultaneously that you want to go to. It's and just the nonstop energy and the crowd. And I love the crowd. I throw myself into the crowd. It was, um, it was almost overwhelming in a good way, in the best possible way. Awesome. Uh, Chris, we'll get back to you for, for a second. Um, when, when you first went, um, from then to now, now, did you, did you return consecutively every yes, year? Yes, I've been that? every year since 2008. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. So, so, oh, okay, cool. Uh, so you got, you've, you've got, you passed the 10 oh, year. Yeah. Living that life. <laughs> so congratulations. Um, so how has it changed and how have, I mean, have you, do you, do you participate in a lot of the same things you did when you first went or how did it sort of evolve for you? Um, uh, I can't say that uh, it, it has been a changing experience over the years uh, simply because there is so much going on. Uh, then you can, you can, if you want, you can take a year to explore Star Trek, or you can take a year to go to the film track or, you know, focus on the gaming aspect of it. Um, and that's kind of how my experience has been over the years. Like until I would say maybe the last three or four years, um, I really didn't have a whole lot of interest uh, in the music act, but in the last, but within that time, uh, I am all about uh, that film track and the music performers because uh, it's amazing. Um, and, you know, in your early year, the, the first few years that you go, um, just taking in just the, the costumes and uh, the amazing work that goes into them, uh, the, uh, the atrium of the Marriott uh, has to be experienced uh, your first couple of years. Uh, but, you, you know, at least I reached a point where, you know, I, I don't really need to be in the middle of all that right now. I'm going to find something else to do. And the beautiful thing is... <laughs> It's all there to do. You don't have to go through the atrium of the Marriott. Well, sometimes, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> now, do either of you uh, do any sort of cosplay dress up? I used to. Um, I was an avid, uh, or I wanted to be an avid Star Trek costumer. Uh, so I have done uh, Imperial Klingon costuming before. I've marched in the parade with the Klingons before. Oh, very yeah. cool. You've had the parade yeah. experience. Did I, did I mention nice. the parade? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Though. We you saw you on TV where they were rerunning some of the uh, 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 ladder parades. Oh, my God. I've made CNN website. Dragon Con television. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, this is Superstar Klingon right here. I still here. have a screenshot yeah. of CNN's website when I, uh, when I made the pictures there um, as, a, as a Klingon that's in the parade. But uh, I would like to get back into costuming. I uh, just haven't uh, made the time 
with the sewing machine and the pattern and the scissors, I, I kind of have another hobby now. Uh, you may have heard of it. <laughs> yeah. It's called, it's called Nerd Bliss, yeah. yo. Yeah. <laughs> I did my first cosplay, actually, a few weeks ago. Uh, very first cosplay ever. We uh, went. We were at uh, Treklana a few weeks back. Right. And my, uh, well, I don't know, Chris, does it, does it qualify as a cosplay? Or just Dan being... Uh, being by Dan. my definition, it certainly qualifies as a cosplay, and I thought it was a pretty good one. Yes, Mike. Thank you. Yes, I've definitely done cosplay. I'm all about that cos life. Um, <laughs> I uh, uh, what did I do? So I got some uh, Vulcan ears and did my, did uh, a good friend of ours did some face paint on me to uh, look like uh, original series Romulan, which is just uh, a whole lot of foundation. With mascara going from like your eyeballs to your sideburns. And then I had a t shirt. My wife made me a t shirt. It was a green t shirt and in big silver lettering, it said Romulan Ambassador. Nice. Well, that, so, that yeah, that definitely qualifies. Oh, well, then, yeah. That definitely then, qualifies. So, I know what time it is. You know, I know what's going I on. I mean, I mean, look, I mean, you know, I'm not one of those guys that judges cosplayers. I mean, as, as much work as, you know, it's, it's as much work as you want it to be, right? It should That's be. It's right. all about fun. Uh, it's all about, like, you know, wearing something that maybe you would not wear uh, in, in an everyday occurrence. So, or, totally. uh, I definitely do that at Dragon Gun. That's, that's pretty mean, awesome. I shaved my eyebrows for it. So, I mean, what, what more do y'all want? Okay. All right. So that was – okay, then that definitely qualifies. If Boom. you actually modified some part of your body. <laughs> <laughs> then that definitely qualifies. Now you heard, you heard um, it here first, everybody. So, uh, so yeah, each one of you uh, relate uh, maybe a two, a couple stories of uh, some highlights over the past Dragon Cons that you've experienced. Chris, uh, well, uh, at, at the risk of stealing yours, <laughs> by all means, by all means. Uh, last year, um, anyone who's listened uh, to Nerd List. Uh, knows that uh, we're we're fans of Star Trek Discovery, and uh, there was a a cast panel, cast Q and A panel that was going on over in the Hilton, and I was kind of loitering in that area where the conference rooms are, just to see when the panel was going to be, when it started, and I walked up to the little sign, to the signage there by the room, and about five seconds after I walked up to that sign. Uh, the security person came out and said, all right, we're starting the line for Star Trek Discovery. And I got the first spot in <laughs> line. We got to see the cast of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, okay, I want my story back, Chris. I want my story back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, yes, totally. Chris was on point, just walked on up. And right there, boom. Yeah, everybody, it's time. And I got next to Chris there. And there were we uh, there were these two people next to us, uh, these two women, and uh, I kind of got up with Chris, and uh, the the people next to us could have certainly given us an additional eighteen inches of room, two feet of room, <laughs> and they and they didn't, and they didn't. Uh, so Chris and I are pretty much snuggled up at the front of this line. Uh, Tina, uh, the other co-host of Nerdless, uh, comes up. And, you know, the body language of uh, this person next to us was just like, nope, I am not moving. And we stand there real uncomfortably for what was it, Chris? 40 minutes? 40, 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. 
yeah, they let us in to the back of the uh, the auditorium. Like everybody, be quiet. There's still another panel going on in there. And standing there, the, these two women who I had uh, come to loathe as my enemies of of my of my comfort. I begin to talk to us. And we're talking to them, and they're the most delightful human beings in the world. A uh, shout out to Beth and Kavika. <laughs> and then we're all escorted in, and we had front row seats to this thing. Uh, Captain Malfoy was there, Draco's <laughs> dad. Uh, uh, Mary Chifo. Um, uh, oh, gosh. Uh, Admiral, Admiral Cornwell. I forget who uh, the actress's name. Uh, 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 Garrett Wong hosted the panel it was amazing uh i was wearing i remember i was wearing these sandals and i had not well i hadn't had a pedicure in oh, a while geez, Let's the feet story <laughs> <laughs> tell them about the feet man and we were uh, turning the turn in the thunder talk next week you'll hear the same story uh I'm, my feet just look absolutely uh uh barbaric you know, like I just slew a dragon and then they painted me on the side of a van. Uh, they were just awful. And we were so close, so close to the cast of Discovery that I was curling my toes and my feet underneath my seat out of embarrassment. Dude was freaking out was over here. I'm not even I lying swear, about that. I swear they were glancing down at my feet and just thinking, ah, oh, another one of these guys. That, uh... uh... That's got to be a first for us on this show. So, oh, well, congratulations for uh, breaking new ground there. Well, thank you, thank you. Long story short, uh, the two women we met, Beth and Kavika, have become lifelong friends and family of ours. Uh, we exchanged numbers. We we got together a few times more during the convention, and now uh, the two of them, along with our good friend Adam, uh, are uh, we we all host a uh, a podcast together that we're you know still working the kinks out of. That's uh, so. that's very cool. It it is amazing how uh, you know Dragon Con can bring people together, people that you will have in the, your life for the rest of your days. So absolutely, in the sea of over eighty thousand people, I, yeah. I picked up a couple more family members. It was it was incredible. So um, so yeah, that leads us to I guess uh, you know sort of as we sort of wind down and wrap up this segment, um, what is it about Dragon Con that makes it special for you? Uh, we can start with uh, Chris on this one. Uh, to put it succinctly, uh, Dragon Con is the place where I feel like I can be 100% myself. I am, I am not a very social creature, in spite of what you may think from listening to our podcast. Uh, it's something that I've worked very hard to overcome. Dragon Con is a place where I have none of those anxieties about being who I am, being around the people I want to be around, doing what I want to do. And it is four days of just a, a, a breath of fresh air of just, just not having to worry about being who I am. And I, that's why Dragon Con is our vacation every year. That's why we've been back every year since I first went, uh, because I need that. And I need those people, even though there are too many of them sometimes. <laughs> it truly, truly does sound like, if you'll forgive me, it does sound like nerd. Books. Yes. I could not have said it Boom. better. We need to hire you for PR, nice. sir. <laughs> level, level. Give you our business card. 
uh, Dan, what about you? What is it about uh, Dragon Con with your one year experience that is going to make you uh, keep coming back? I would think, right? Well, uh, let me ask you this: uh, Am I available to talk about the capacity I'll be going to Dragon Con this year? Um, sure, if you want to. Yeah, we can get to that. Okay. Uh, I can certainly say for last year, Chris couldn't have said it any better. At one point, I was overheated. It was a little, I was a little bit exhausted. I have body image issues, uh, pretty deep ones. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take my shirt off. And that's going to be my cosplay. I almost wrote the words costume on my chest. <laughs> uh, and nobody did a second glance. Like, I'm the kind of guy that, like, well, half the time will wear a shirt to the pool. And it just, you know what? I'm taking my shirt off. I'm in a safe place. Nobody even looked at me twice. Uh, that may sound, you know, that may be a bit degenerate, but uh, that that was the moment where I realized that this is this is my my new annual home. Uh, for this year, I'll be going there as a uh, media representative for the ESO Network. Absolutely, we're glad to have you, sir. Oh gosh, I'm honored. I thank you, thank you so much. One of the things. That I, I, I go for. Uh, if you remember at SC Comic Con, uh, we were there with microphones podcasting from the event. When we were uh, at Treklana, I was the assistant uh, auxiliary track director under, under Captain Chris Jones. Being able to participate in some level of, of something of a quote-unquote official capacity, if you will, being on the clock as opposed to being there um, uh, as, uh, as leisure is I kind of feed on that. Like I want that. I want to be working at these things. That, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And we will definitely put you to work uh, with your, with your excellent, we'll say fan on the street, uh, yes. interviews. Uh, yes. we're, we're looking forward to those segments a lot. So, um, but, uh, it was great having you guys both join us. Um, for those people who may not be familiar with your show on, on the ESO network, uh, where can people find Nerdbliss? Uh, our website, our main website is nerdblisspodcast.com. Uh, now Nerdbliss is one word. Our logo is a little deceptive. Nerdbliss is one word if you're searching it. Um, and yeah, we will definitely make it easier for people by having show um, links in our show notes to uh, to the podcast as well. So thank awesome. you guys so much. We're definitely looking forward to seeing you at the con. Hey, howdy, Mike. Thank you so much for having us. We can't wait. Thank you so much, Mike. And now we are very honored to have with us uh, Channing Sherman, representing the Black Geeks of Dragon Con. Channing, welcome to the station. Hey, thanks for having me on. Excited to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, for those people who may not be familiar with your organization, we're going to get into all that. But first, I got to ask you about your experiences at Dragon Con itself. When was your When was your first year? Two thousand eight. I remember it well. That was my first one, and I think I've only missed one since then. Okay. And uh, I just remember showing up the first time. If I had to describe it in one word, it would be overwhelming. <laughs> that's that's a word that's frequently used. Yes. Um what uh what what brought you to 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 go to Dragon Con for the first time? I've 
been a nerd slash geek. I use the words interchangeably. I've been one all my life. I was working in Augusta, Georgia at the time for a newspaper there. And we were, I was going through some photos one day just off the AP feed. And I saw these photos from the Dragon Con parade that just kind of popped up. And I just remember thinking to myself, okay, what is this and how do I get there? And so a friend of mine and I decided, okay, we're going to Dragon Con. We're going to let our geek flags fly. And yeah, it just kind of took off from there. Awesome. Awesome. And and what that you said it was overwhelming, but what did you sort of experience that first? Did you do panels? Did you just walk around? What uh, What was that first year like? I did as much as my body would physically allow. Um, I did a lot of the, I did a lot of the celebrity panels because that was my first year. Um, a lot of standing in line. 2008, uh, that was when Fire, the Firefly group was there. And I always tell people if anyone from the old Firefly shows at Dragon Con, go see them. Cause they were just, they were a great group. That was probably the first big celebrity panel I attended. I think, you know, I might have been there as well, because I do remember seeing uh, them do a panel. That was when, uh, uh, yeah, I think, um, I think even, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who played Nathan Mal was there. Um, yeah, yeah, Nathan Fillion. Yeah, Nathan was there, and yeah, that was that was a fun panel. That was oh, a yeah. really fun panel. Yeah, lo- yeah, love those guys. Um, so yeah, did some photo shoots. Um I like a little bit of everything, so I went to some stuff on the um, EFF tracks. Podcasting oh, wasn't cool. on the track then, but I've gone to a lot of their stuff now. So I, Dragon Con has a little bit of everything, and that's perfect for me because my nerddom encompasses a whole lot. So it, it it works out perfect for me. Yeah, excellent. Um, what you now? You said photo shoots. Now, did you or did you dress up your first year? I did not. Um, I don't think I started dressing up and I'm doing air quotes. I'm sorry for the people who can't see that. I probably (laughs) didn't start dressing up until probably 2014, maybe 2015. I was more of a geeky t-shirt kind of guy. Okay. Um, Was never a cosplayer by trade and not really a professional photographer, just a guy who likes to take pictures. Mm -hmm. So no, didn't dress up the first cosplay i remember doing and i probably should not admit this um there's the playboy bunny hutch party yes and i went there the first year they had the hugh hefner competition i don't remember what year it was but i i dressed up as hugh hefner and entered the um the hef contest <laughs> that, nice. may, that may be that may have been 2013 2014 whatever year they started doing the hefner ones though what, uh, so over the years, what would you say as your experience at Dragon Con evolved? Has it changed radically? Is it, uh, very different than when you first went that first few years? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it evolves. That's pretty much life. Everything changes and evolves. Thankfully for right now, I can say it has changed for the better. Um, I'm way more involved now just because of this photo shoot uh, that I've been doing for the last few years. Um, my goal has always been, um, to not let it get to be too much like work. So I have to be aware of that because I'm there. I'm even when I'm there, I'm trying, oh, I need to hand out some cards for the photo shoot. 
oh, there's one of the photographers that I wanted to talk to. Let me run and chase him down. So uh, I'm trying to mix a little bit of work and play now. And I've also noticed that since I've been doing this shoot, I've had to make some adult choices and just kind of say, okay, maybe I can't make this panel right now. But um, it's a labor of love, so I'm not complaining. Well, let's let's get into it. Let's talk about uh, the uh, the photo shoot. Uh, when did that start, and how did it start? <laughs> uh, people who know me are probably rolling their eyes in the back of the head right now because I'm a, I'm about to tell this story for the millionth time. <laughs> um, it started unofficially in 2008 for my first Dragon Con, but it started as a joke. Um, like I say, I like to take a lot of pictures. I'm by no means a professional, but, uh, when I got back, um, posted just some of the photos from Dragon Con to Facebook and somebody as a joke said, um, oh, I bet you were probably the only black person there or something to that effect. And again, wasn't offended by it or anything, but just as a joking response, I went through that gallery of about 300 pictures and just found probably about 20 or 30 or so that I had that had cosplayers of color in it and just posted it. And then 2009 did the same thing again, just kind of as a joke. Um, And that went on up until around 2014. That was the year when everything changed. Um, I kind of went, my cousin and her now husband, they decided to join me and they noticed that I had, picked up this habit of anytime I saw a black cosplayer, I would chase them down to get their photo. (laughs) And I'm not exaggerating when I tell you I would chase them down. Because, you know, if you're a Dragon Con, you see somebody walking by, you got to move quick to catch them. (laughs) You're not kidding. And there's a lot of areas where you can't can't do the photo thing. So, like, if you're in a habit trail and you see a great costume, you got to, like, turn around and figure out a way to catch them. And that is exactly what I did. I would shoot across Peachtree. I'm surprised I didn't end up on any watch lists, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> um, so a couple of people said, oh, yeah, I remember you You took my picture last year. And so they noticed this. And just on a whim, they said, hey, instead of trying to chase all these people down, why don't you just have a photo shoot? And I just thought that this was just some um, alcohol-fueled ramblings. And just kind of blew it off. Yeah, whatever. I couldn't do a photo shoot. I wouldn't even know what the first thing is to do. And my cousin particularly is very persistent. So even in the months after that Dragon Con, they just kind of kept poking away and saying, hey, you should really do this. Think about all the people. You could get them all in one place. And I want to say 2000. Yeah, 2015 was our first one. Just set up a group on Facebook. And started getting responses, people saying, yeah, I'll be there, I'll be there. And yeah, 2015 was our first one. We were at Hardy Ivy Park, and we had a whopping 25, 35 people show up. I can't think of the exact amount. But it was, oh yeah, oh, good number. They were very excited. They were real active. We had a couple of closet cosplays. We had some people who went all out. Um, That was actually where I met Lee, who I think you're talking to later. Um, met him there, met a couple of other cosplay photographers there, and it just kind of snowballed from there. Um, 2016, we moved to a set of steps behind the Hilton, which, as I'm sure you know, is kind of photo shoot central. Absolutely. And those, those stairs are famous. Man, if those stairs could talk, I tell you. 
Um, and, and this is where um, I probably realized, oh, wow, this is becoming a thing. We had somewhere between 60 and 70 people at that one. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, we doubled. OK, a little bit scary. I'm thinking, OK, we might hit 100 next year. 2017, I looked up. We had approximately 250 people there. Whew. Yeah. And then last year, the counts kind of vary because you have people dropping in and out. But we're, we were somewhere between 280 and 290. That was when I started to get a little worried. But it has grown each year. Um, we've put a lot of work into it. We've also had some great people helping us out. So it's a labor, but it is very much a labor of love. And it's been it's been very well received by black, white, all races, creeds and colors. And I think that's what I'm most proud of. So um, uh, where do you already know where it's going to be um, this year? Because I know that there was some issues with the back steps of the Hilton this year, right? Uh, yeah, it started last year. Um, they let people come out of those doors that are at the top of the steps. They mm-hmm. use those now to exit panels. And so if you've got, you know, 100 or 200 people standing there taking photos and they let a panel lot, that's going to cause some issues. <laughs> yeah, right. But there's this really good group, um, Dragon Con Photo Shoots on Facebook, and their admins and moderators are great, and I'm spacing on all their names. But they uh, yeah, really we, did a you know, I am too. We had, we had the one, one of them on the show, I think, last year to talk about it. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, and they do a great job. And they kind of went through the schedule and helped people say, okay, this panel's letting out at this time, the same time another one is starting. So there's a window here where you should be able to use these stairs and get out quickly. So time management becomes more of an issue. But we are going to be back on the stairs, the quote-unquote big ones, and it'll be the Sunday of Dragon Con. Okay. And, yeah, same time, 2 p.m. we'll be out there. I like to call it a family reunion because that is really the best way to describe it. You have people in this group. They may only see each other two or three times a year when they do the convention circuit. Um, In my case, it's only once a year because right now Dragon Con is the only convention I'm doing. But I'm hoping to kind of spread my wings in the coming year. So, yeah, I like to refer to it as a family reunion. It's just a time when we can all kind of get together and say hello and marvel in each other's amazing cosplays and try to figure out how we can do that ourselves. Is there any sort of, um, I don't want to say requirements, but like if people are wondering, I don't know if I should show up for that. Is there, is there like some sort of theme or anything that you guys are adhering to or. We're the, the laid back photo shoot. Um, <laughs> you, you, and, and and I say that with meaning no disrespect to the others, but that, that's just me personally. I'm kind of a laid back, relaxed kind of guy. Um, store bought costumes are fine. I I go up theory that cosplay is cosplay, so I can't sew to save my life. So I'm not gonna knock anybody for showing up with a store bought cosplay. Duplicates are allowed. Um, I always say put some effort into your costume. Don't show up with a red towel around your neck and say you're Superman. That's kind of our big one. Fair enough. Be, yeah. Yeah. You know, be, be respectful of people. Um, and the other thing that I stress is, and just to be blunt, 
white people are welcome to come and take pictures just because it says black geeks of dragon con that just means it's going to be the cosplayers of colors showcasing some of the diversity that the dragon con convention has any allies who want to come and take pictures and just again be a fan of the cosplayers by all means um we actually have a shoot where um black geeks can just show up so maybe they're on the robotics track they're not really into cosplay maybe they're part of the literature track where they're, they're not in the cosplay we've had a couple of shots where we just kind of say okay black geeks even if you're not in costume you're still part of this so come on up here and join us that's so awesome we're, that's very awesome yeah we're we're definitely the the laid back um shoot as long as you come out <laughs> I, I have three rules for Dragon Con. It's um, and I, I'll make this podcast friendly. Don't judge. Let some stuff go, and don't act a fool. If you can follow those three rules, we're good. Those are those are great rules, actually. Yes, yes. Um, so as we're getting ready to wind down here, what um, um. What do you think it is about Dragon Con overall that makes you keep coming back, that makes it special, that makes it different from other events or other conventions? The first thing that I noticed about Dragon Con that I loved was that it was all-encompassing. Um, like I said earlier, I like a lot of things. I like animation. I like robotics. I love video games. I've been watching E3 feeds all this week. Um these are all things that I like and kind of having all of them in one place is really good for me. It makes it hard to get bored. I, if I get tired of hearing about a comic book, I can go and sit in on a video game panel. And I think that's great. I think the way it's set up in the hotels so that it truly goes on all day long is great. You know, you have something at a convention center, everything normally shuts down four thirty, five o'clock. This, if I can't sleep at night and it's one o'clock in the morning, I can get up and walk to the lobby of the Marriott or the Hyatt and there's probably something going on. And I truly like that. And I think the other thing is, and this I've noticed more in recent years, Dragon Con does okay when it comes to diversity. Obviously, there is always a chance for everybody to improve, but it's a very open and welcoming environment. Um, even before they started the diversity track that they started last year, they were always willing to help. When I started this photo shoot and I went into some forums just saying, hey, guys, here's what I want to do. I don't know anything about setting up a shoot. What can I do? I think maybe one person came back with, why would you want to have a photo shoot for just black people? Everybody else was, oh, well, here's what you can do. Hey, do you need help as a photographer? I can come shoot it. I'll come shoot it for you. You want to try to think about this with your lighting. I got all kind of great tips. People just wanting to help and being open to the idea. And I, I respect that and I like that. I I even try to get non-geeks to come to Dragon Con because even if you're not a hardcore fan, there mm -hmm. may be something for you there just on the write it, the writer's track. You know, there are things where even if you're not a hardcore nerd, you can come and find something that you like there. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And that's some, one of the things that we promote as well. And it's just, uh, uh, there's, there's always something. And it seems like, I mean, it's like 30 conventions rolled up into one. 
Um, exactly. And, and it does, obviously, you know, it's been getting bigger and bigger. Uh, but I think one of the, uh, the, the reasons for that is, mm-hmm. is, is the fact that it's, 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 a tr- it's been attracting more diverse crowd as well. Exactly. Exactly. And they're embracing that. You know, a lot of people, they maybe try to be a little bit hands off of it, but they're embracing that. They're also making sure that it is a safe environment for not just black people, but people with disabilities, for women, for members of the LGBTQ community. Dragon Con, and again, nothing's perfect when you have 80,000 people there, but Dragon Con is good about it on an official level, and the people who are participating, they're very good at self-policing. And I, I, I respect that a lot. Wow, that's good to hear. That's really good to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Where can people find more information about uh, the photo shoot and what you guys are up to? All right. If you go to blackgeeksdragoncon.com, that's our official website. You can also find us on Twitter at DC Black Geeks. Because for some reason, Black Geeks DC was already taken. Still trying to figure that one out. But we're at, <laughs> we're at DC Black Geeks on Twitter. That's where we post a lot of our updates. Um, and we have a Facebook group also. If you just go and search for Black Geeks Dragon Con, we've got a link to the um, Facebook event where people can go. And again, if you're at Dragon Con on September 1st at 2.20 p.m., come look for us on the back steps of the Hilton. Anybody with a camera is welcome to come and join the party. Awesome. And, and Jenning, and, and uh, besides the, the Dragon Con, is there anything else that uh, maybe throughout the year that you do or you take part in that you want to promote? Dragon Con is my baby right now. I am <laughs> trying to expand my horizons. Um, I heard this mentioned in an earlier segment, but I've had some difficulties getting out and getting motivated to do things. Um, Dragon Con is kind of like a therapy for me. So I'm hoping that this four or five years in this photo shoot kind of gets me going so that I do have some other things that I can promote later. I'd love to work up the nerve to do my own podcast one day. Um, But baby steps first. Um, Just trying to get there. But right now, Black Geeks of Dragon Con is my my primary baby. Well, it sounds like it's, it's enough to keep you busy. Yes, yes. Like I'm trying to walk that fine line. I'm not letting it become too much like work, but I have the crew that helped me started those four or five people there behind me. And then again, just good people like Lee, who you're going to talk to later and other folks at Dr. Law's Photo Lab who are always there and willing to help out and offer advice. So if I had hair, I'm not too, I wouldn't be too worried about it falling out. (laughs) Very good. I keep it Keep it bald for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Well, very cool. It's been very great to have you on the show. And uh, um, yeah, I guess we will see you at the con. I look forward to it. Hope I get to see you guys there. And again, thanks for having me on. Hey, everyone. This is the new newbie segment here on the Dragon Con Report. And we are very happy to be joined today by Sue, Kim, and Michael. Welcome to the Dragon Con report for the first time. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Well, you've all been on the Dragon Con report one time or another over the years, but this is the first time as the newbie group. And we thought it'd be kind of cool to get everybody together because during Dragon Con, you guys sit up on a stage and you guys sit there for a couple hours answering questions on Thursday. 
And I thought it'd be kind of cool to make it a little more personal and be able to have people in your Facebook group write you guys. And we would then answer questions that way because we had a lot of success when Kevin did that a couple months back on the report. So, you know, I think it's going to be a great, great start. So welcome to the show. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, do we want to just get started on, you know, me asking these questions that we have in front of us? Or do you guys want to make any opening statements or comments? Well, or I think one, one good thing to, to break out with uh, to start is um, the fact that you talked about the group. And I know Kevin's mentioned it quite a few times, but the beauty of newbies is they're always here. Uh, they're always <laughs> showing up. Um, if you have any questions about the con that we don't cover here, if you just want to chat with a, a community of people who are just like you and are going to this, this thing for the first time, and we have a, a what is it like three or 4,000 people in there yeah. right now. Uh, it's a, a group on Facebook called dragon con newbies. And, uh, you just apply to enter, you answer one question, where is dragon con held? I'll leave that to you to research and, uh, we'll let you in and go to town. I mean, what, we're like, what, 90 some odd days away now, if, if less than that. I think yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I know. everyone yeah, exactly. panic, but it, no, it's, it's a good group of people and, and we're all getting ready for con this year. So it's, it's a good time to jump in. 79. That is awesome. At time of recording. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Okay. Let's focus on the show. But, on the show. Uh, you know, in all addition right. to the group, as you mentioned, we do, our events on Thursday, we do walking tours for the newbies because what do you mean a convention's not at a convention center? Uh, so we take groups of usually about 20 people around. We do that for a couple hours on Thursday. Uh, while the groups are waiting in our, our staging room to go out, we answer questions. And then once our tours end, we do just questions for anybody who shows up for another hour. And then we do another question session first thing Friday morning. So we are. Uh, I, I, well, I shouldn't say we're, we're super well-versed, but I mean, every time we think we've heard every question, somebody surprises us, but, yeah. uh, we've heard a lot of questions. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. And I, it's the one thing you want to emphasize is all the groups don't go out on tours all at no. once. You guys, and you guys stagger it all through mm -hmm. the afternoon. I would like, can you imagine all the groups going all at once? No. Oh. <laughs> I would like to add that we also do rolling tours for people who are in wheelchairs or scooters. And we also will do a mobility impaired tour. We did one last year for folks who can't actually walk the whole tour route. Um, and we will be starting tours at one o'clock this year, running from one until four thirty. Yeah. How did you handle the mobility? tours this year last year the mobility limited tour we pretty much stayed in the marriott um i led that tour myself because it's people that are on canes or that kind of thing so their ability to walk the whole tour route because the tour route is actually about a mile so we stayed in the marriott and pointed out where everything was and i gave them some extra maps and things oh that's awesome that is awesome that you guys are being so accommodating fantastic all right, you guys ready for the questions? All right. First question for you guys this month, and this is going out to Sue. Uh, what are the membership badge tickets and what are they all, what will they allow? Basically? Right. So 
we sort of use the the terms interchangeably. Your membership is your badge, is your ticket at Dragon Con. The question that we get often is, do I need a membership and a ticket? Or is my ticket my badge? Or do I have to turn in my ticket for my badge? They're all the same thing. So uh, when you see membership, that's what you want to buy if you're looking to buy a ticket to the con. So you're, you're purchasing a membership to this event. And what it allows, just about everything. There are a few extra events at Dragon Con, like the Guest of Honor Banquet, the Night at the Aquarium, and uh, some workshops that are usually done, I believe, on Thursday that do have an extra cost. I think some of the gaming has a cost as well. But, you know, 99, probably 0.5% of the programming at Dragon Con is you, you get in with your badge and that's all you need. Well, don't you also, when you sign up, say you do it online, you get a postcard in the mail too. Right. That is the, that postcard is what you take to registration to pick up your badge. And that's, that's because Dragon Con does not mail those out. You have to go and physically pick it up in person. So it's sort of like that postcard is almost like a voucher for picking up your badge, but that itself is not your ticket. And the the postcard also is if you don't have it, don't panic because they can look you up by your ID. It just takes a little, a little longer, and by a little longer, I mean we're, we're talking in the order of you know thirty seconds when you turn in your blue card to get the the badge, and maybe a couple minutes you know if, if you go by ID. So it's it's not a big deal if you, if you lose it. It's just something that will speed you along to get into the comm faster. That is awesome. Uh, what about, you know, if you lose your postcard, like you said, but what happens if you lose your badge? <laughs> Bad day. <laughs> um, can I swear? <laughs> <laughs> I'll beep you. You it's are okay. SOL if you lose your badge. Uh, unfortunately, you have to go and buy a new one. So even though they have your name in the system and everything, if you lose your right. badge, you're... The, the Dragon you know, Con badges are not... RFID chipped. They're not scanned in any way. Uh, so if you lose your badge, there is the possibility that someone else has picked it up and is using it. So it's, you know, one badge per person. So you, unless you can get it back somehow, you've got to go get another one if you want to keep attending the con. And, and Dragon Con has been helping out with that a little bit. They they still hand out the little alligator clips that you can clip to your shirt or whatever else to have your badge on. But they, I think starting last year, started doing uh, lanyards as well. And that's a really good security measure if, if you're, you know, if this badge is your life at the con. So if you attach it to a lanyard, which you attach around your neck, you have a lot less chance of losing it somewhere. And I think Kevin has mentioned in the past that there has been cases of people yanking the their ba- people's badges off while they're walking through the sky bridges. Yep. Yeah, we, and we display that every year at the uh, the Q and A. Kim and Sue get up there and they they do a you know a display of it so that it's you can see just how easy it is to walk by and that's just in a a a ballroom with very few people and as as they're showing you, imagine being surrounded by eighty thousand people at the same time. You, you'll never notice it's gone. Yeah, especially that were given out with the badges last year. Those went to people who pre-registered for their badge. So if you bought your badge online, you got the blue postcard, and you're going to show up at DragonCon to pick up your badge, then you're going to have a lanyard with it. If you're buying on site, you don't get a lanyard with it. Gotcha. Okay. Let's go into the next question that we have here. This one's for Kim. It's about crowds. How do you deal with crowds and social anxiety at DragonCon? 
Um, I don't actually have social anxiety, but I have helped. But there's a lot of people there that do. Yes, I have helped people that do. One of the one of the best things to do is if you have a host hotel, you can always go back to your hotel for a little while to decompress. If you don't, then you might want to go find like a track room that's going to be a little calmer somewhere, like in the bowels of the Hyatt or something, say one of the literary tracks, and just sit there for a bit where it's going to be a little bit quieter and a little bit calmer, and you can kind of decompress and enjoy a panel by some writers or something. Oh, sure. Of course. I would also suggest for people who are thinking about this already, there is another Facebook group called Dragon Con for the Socially Anxious and Awkward. And uh, a lot of people there share their tips and their tricks and their experiences and even share what they're concerned about so that people, you know, can help. Oh, I've done this when I'm in that situation. So that is probably a good resource uh, for anybody worried about that situation. Yeah, and the I mean, social anxiety is is definitely one thing. Like if if you're not good around crowds, like what we talked about with the track rooms and stuff, it's a great idea. If it's uh, more of a concern about you feel like you're going to be alone, you know, then the track rooms are a great place to to meet people who have similar uh, interests and fandoms as you. Like if you're a big fan of Star Trek, go to the Trek track or wait in line for you know one of the Star Trek guests and just start chatting about something like your favorite Star Trek show, you know. Because you've got a whole bunch of people around you who have the same interests that you do. And so it's an automatic in. No, it totally makes sense. And I know there's also a Dragon Con loners group up on Facebook also. Which was also, you know, depending, you know, what you guys are into. Well, the loners group people who are going solo. Mm-hmm. Exactly. There's, you know, if you're going solo... Go to a couple of the panels and a lot of times they, you know, you'll meet people who have a similar interest and you could start talking to them and work that way too. So, all right, let's get on to hotels this time. Uh, This question is (laughs) something you guys probably get asked quite a bit from the end of Dragon Con until the day before Dragon Con. How do you get a room? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my All right, let's start with the practical stuff. If you're looking for a room for this year, odds are you're not going to get a host hotel room. However, uh, there are two groups. Actually, I think one is a group and one is a page that we generally point people to. One is the Dragon Con Hotel Connection, which will post alerts um, when, when new blocks of rooms open up. The other is Dragon Con Rooms, which really is the best place to look for roommates and reservation transfers. That's where you want to head. At this point, it's very unlikely you're going to get in a host hotel. But these aren't only serving host hotels. Uh, The later you book, the farther away you're going to end up staying. My first year, I stayed at one of the airport hotels, took the shuttle in first thing, took a cab back at night because the shuttle was always late. It's improved since I promise. Um, And it's not the worst thing in the world and different things work for different people. The one thing that I do want to advise is if you are staying farther away, don't drive in, not worth it. Drive to a MARTA station, which is the public transportation in Atlanta, take the train in. It will save you time and frustration. It's only $5 a day at MARTA. 
uh, for parking. Yes. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah compared to $35 at like one of the local garages or the hotels, mm-hmm. a lot of times they're sold out. Yeah. And depending on what lot you go to for the, for the Marta station, some of them are uh, free if you're day in, day out, you know, same day. Um, if you stay overnight, that's when the, the fees start kicking in. Mm-hmm. So you could actually just park for free for the day as long as you get back by a certain time mm-hmm. and, and ride the train in. And the great thing about Marta is it drops you off right at the con. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, for future years, if you're looking to get a host hotel room, start paying attention the instant you get back from this year. Um, a, a couple of the hotels do do what we call legacy reservations in that you get to book your next year's stay when you're checking in for this year. Uh, the Hyatt does that. The Marriott does not. I think the Hilton does sometimes. Uh, but the best thing you can do, it's, it's like the Hunger Games, right? As soon as those hotel blocks go on sale, you've got to do your best. You've got to be online. You've got to try and get a room mm-hmm. if you don't have a legacy room. Refresh, and refresh, refresh. Exactly. But if you... If all the rooms during the Hunger Games sell out, you can't get one, and you try and call in-house reservations at any time, the key to talking to people, especially if you're calling in-house, if you're calling the hotel itself and not their like 1-800 reservation line, is to be kind to the person you're dealing with. It's not their fault. They're not doing anything to you personally. And uh, I bring that up because several years ago, you know, I was in that situation. I was frustrated. I called in house reservations. You know, I was talking to them about what could be done if anything was going to open up and just also like sort of commiserated with the woman I was speaking to because I ran a customer service department myself at the time. And uh, a couple hours later, my phone rings and it's an Atlanta area code. And it's the same customer service person I spoke to earlier that day. And she said, I have a cancellation. Do you want this room? That's awesome. And that was the first year that the Hyatt went to legacy rooms. So I have a legacy room at a host hotel because I was nice to somebody in customer service. And that is a hundred percent true. Oh, I'm, I'm sure (laughs) I am totally sure. That's cool. Um, I would also like to throw in, there's another group that just recently came up on Facebook that's called Dragon Con Rooms and Rideshare. And one of the things they're doing that's quite different than some of the other groups is they're also trying to hook people up that like, say, you're driving from Mississippi by yourself and there's somebody else coming from Mississippi and, hey, you can split the cost of gas instead of taking a bus. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And, you know, we'll have links up to this all in our show notes. So for folks out there, too. Uh, one thing, too, with the host hotels and a lot of the overflows, too, um, the Hunger Games that we we talk about, you know, may the odds be ever in your favor. Um, that's just the the opening gambit of trying to get a host hotel room. They they still have blocks that they open periodically throughout the year. So like Sue was saying, you know, calling the the in house reservations number, not the eight hundred or eight 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 numbers, um, gets you directly into the hotel itself, and you can ask those questions about: Do you have a room at the Dragon Con rate? Do you know when one's going to be opening up? You know, that kind of thing and really get in there and start talking to them. And I, I actually recommend calling weekly if you're really that, you know, desperate to get a room uh, just because they may not announce when those blocks come open or they may be just ready to announce that you get the, the jump on it. But if you start calling as often as you can, you may have a chance of getting one, you know, and not be stuck going to the airport. All right, Mike, we got a question. How is cell phone reception at the con? 
Yeah, that's greatly variable. Um, you're talking about 80,000 to 100,000 people at once and at the convention over the weekend. Uh, on Wednesday and Thursday, you're probably okay to make calls, do FaceTime, whatever else. Uh, Friday through Monday, don't count on it. Uh, you got a lot of people who you know can get calls and FaceTime to work. They're lucky. A lot of us rely just on texting. Um, you know, make plans with your friends, uh, text back and forth. Don't rely on the text because they can be delayed. One way around that, that, that I think Sue and I both use is, um, putting timestamps on your messages. You know, like, Hey, it's Saturday, 2 PM. I'm going to a firefly panel. Are you interested? And if they get the message at 5 PM, they know they missed it. Nope. Totally understand that. Cause yeah, sometimes it's delayed because there's just so much cell service down there. And remember, this is not the only event going on at the co- in Atlanta that weekend too. So, all right, next question. Is there any way to see who the guests are by category? An example is if I asked for Dr. Who, would I get to see David Tennant and who else? You know, yeah, n- not on the Dragon Con website at the very least. Uh, the con does not categorize guests in that way, mostly because a lot of our guests are uh, can can be linked to multiple properties. Uh, but the best thing to do, or or the the best way we found on the website is to do a simple text search on the site, do a Control F, and type in the property you're looking for. You might miss somebody because you know it's just that like two sentence description for somebody that's on a, a guest page. Um, but some of the tracks also, all of the tracks have um, either a Facebook page or group and their own website. And some of the track directors will list, like these are the guests who will be participating in my programming this year. So you can sometimes find that for some of the tracks. I know that uh, Carol in Urban Fantasy tends to do that and list all of her guests. Um, I'm not sure who else does, but that, that is one way if you're interested, you know, in the Brit track guests, you can hit up that website. Sure. And also remember to go back to the Dragon Con page for the guest announcements, because they constantly are updating from January all the way to to almost the day of the con. Mm Because not only do they announce new guests, they also announce cancellations also. And you do And cancellations are okay because it means that the actor got a job. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, I hate to say this, guys. We are out of time for this episode. So we have a lot more questions. So you guys will be hopefully coming back next month with us. If that's okay with you. Happy to do it. Sounds good. Any final advice or how to find you guys up on Facebook and stuff? What do you guys recommend? Yeah, look for us on Facebook, Dragon Con Newbies, N-E-W-B-I-E-S. There is a group and a page. Uh, More activity happens in the group. So you can like the page if you want to, but make sure you join the group. And uh, that's the, the best way to communicate with us. We've got tips up every Tuesday and Thursday, and we're answering questions whenever they're posted. Yeah. Uh, and the caveat I'll throw out there is that there is no stupid question. We've heard a lot of them. <laughs> I won't say all of them, but I've, we've heard a lot of them. Uh, and, you know, if, if you have a question that's just pressing, go ahead and ask it, we'll, and we'll do our best to answer it for you. Fantastic. Thank you guys so much. We'll take a break, and we'll be back in a moment. And so once again, we draw a close our the sixth episode of the 2019 Dragon Con Con Report. Yep, we've only got two more left until the big, big event. Um, I want to give a big thanks to everyone for joining us on this episode, uh, including uh, Lee Willis of Dr. Law's Photo Lab, 
Mark Jameson of Zaptomatic Photography, Channing Sherman of the Black Geeks of Dragon Con photo shoot, uh, the Nerd Bliss folks, uh, Chris and Dan, as well as the um, the newbies uh, segment. That was uh, our first. That was a debut. It was pretty awesome. Thanks, guys. Uh, and also, of course, our station crew here. Uh, thank you, Mary Lewis. We're glad to have you back here. Absolutely. I'm so glad to be here. Yes. Awesome. And and, and, and I didn't ask you this at the beginning, but uh, are, you, are you getting ready? Are you getting ready? Uh, we officially decided it's time to create the annual spreadsheet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and start talking about what costumes we're going to make. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a, it, it'll be an interesting uh, time to share that with our next show. Um, and also, uh, Darren, thank you, man. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. I too have a spreadsheet and it's, Let's go ahead and give this tip right now for those of you who are listening in. If you are packing cosplays, one of the worst feeling ever is leaving something behind. Pack and check it off your spreadsheet and move on. Yeah, Make excellent. a freaking list. Make yep. a list. Do not rely on your memory. No, you will not remember. Not when you, you bring not. 15 costumes. You will not remember. It will not happen. I'm telling you now. <laughs> Okay. Not going to occur. I, I need to make a list now whenever I go leave the house. Yes. So I've been yes. making lists for Dragon Gun for a while, and it is necessary. Absolutely necessary. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, thank you, Director Faber. Of course, none oh. of this would be possible without you, man. My pleasure. I love hitting record. <laughs> <laughs> and editing. Oh, of course. I love editing half you guys out. It's perfect. Uh, sure. This so is going to condense it all into a half-hour broadcast. Oh, didn't you know that? <laughs> I have the power. We try to cover all we can with these uh, episodes, but to keep up with the latest news, please check out the official Dragon Con website and all their social media outlets. Uh, all the tracks are also active on Facebook as well as, as we've just heard, the photo shoots and everything else. Everybody associated with Dragon Con has a Facebook group, has social media presence. Seek them out. Find out more about this con before you go to the con. Um, we can also be found here on the um, Dragon Con Con Report. We can be found on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We're on Google+. We're on Stitcher. Uh, most of that is through the ESO network. Uh, but we want you to be part of the discussion. We want you to be part of the station. So feel free to join us. And be sure to check out our Amazon link uh, on our esonetwork.com site. Again, it doesn't cost you any more to purchase your stuff, and it really does help us out. Uh, we have a Tee Public store filled with all kind of cool designs, uh, mostly by uh, Mary, uh, another Mary, Mary Ogle, uh, and uh, she um, does great work, uh, great design work for a lot of logos, and uh, check those out, uh, and you can sport them. Now, I was almost going to say, if I, if I see you at Dragon Con with a, a tea public shirt of ours i will buy you a drink but i'm not gonna oh, go god you are so asking for trouble dude <laughs> oh, oh, when did you I, become I, mr money no no you, you missed it the ep- the issues of tiki zombie are gonna be a hundred dollars each <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right uh, i'm gonna have to you know, i'm gonna have to pay for all these drinks that i'm buying people but that's how much i believe in the products so go to the tea public store go to our patron page help us out support us and Believe me, if, even if I can't buy you a drink, I, I appreciate it. We all appreciate you guys. He would uh, love to buy you a drink, though. 
Thank you so much for listening. I'm again, I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and it's been my pleasure. We'll see you at the con. And please subscribe to the show. Please, please, please. Now that it's available on all the feeds. And we're done. <laughs> With surprise begging at the end. <laughs> I know. I was like, whoa. Gotta get up, gotta get out, gotta get home before the morning comes. What if I'm late? Gotta be day, gotta get home before the sun comes up, up and away. Everyone these days could use a little support, and your friends at the ESO Network are no different. With the ESO Network Patreon, the cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO Network. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. <laughs>